And of course, Elijah had bring the axe up from the bottom and it came up where they were able to retrieve the axe head. And then they go on to another part where the king of Syria was warring there against the king of Israel. And the Bible says that the king of Syria had got upset because it seemed like every time he tried to make a move that the king of Israel was doing something else. It was almost like he had the plans of the king of Syria right there with him. And the king of Syria said, who, who is it that is against us? And one of the servants of the king says, oh Lord, my king, it's Nobody is against you, but there's a prophet there in Israel who speaks to the king of Israel and he reminds him and tells him of everything that you're doing, all of your plans, and even the things that are done inside of your bedroom. He's able to know and communicate to the king of Israel. King of Syria said, I want that prophet. I want you to go and I want you to retrieve him and bring him back to Syria. And there we see where the young man comes out one early morning. There around verse number 14, the Bible says, Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city. They surrounded the entire city uh, of Dothan. They surrounded the entire house of Elisha, the man of God. And verse 15 says that when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth. Behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? In other words, they surrounded the house of Elisha. The young man come out early one morning, notice that they sent all of these horses and all of these chariots for one man. The Bible says that when the servant came out, he cried out with fear, alas, my master, how shall we do? And I like it here because the Bible doesn't tell us here that Elisha ever comes out of the house, that only the young man gives word but he never steps feet out of the house. The Bible says at this point, verse 16, and he answered, fear not, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And I like verse 17. And the Bible says, and Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and the Bible says, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots and fire round about Elisha. Somebody say, what are, what are these times that we're facing? We're facing some difficult times. We're facing some, some challenging times times. We're facing times of great fear, dark and scary times. 
depressing and disturbing times, stressful and times of the unknown and obscurity. We're facing confusing times. We're facing times of anxiety and great worrisome. We're facing uh, times where we are receiving lack of national leadership. We're facing uh, difficult and challenging times. We are seeing things that we have not seen before in our area and in our period. You know, there are many breakups and outbreaks in life. There are relational breakups. There are family and marital breakups, friendship and church breakups, national breakups. But then there are the outbreaks, outbreaks that we're facing now, outbreaks of this great virus that has come across not only our country, but across our world. But I want you to know there have always been outbreaks. There have always been viruses and bacteria and diseases and sicknesses and illnesses. This is not the first virus to ever hit the land. This is not the first outbreak to ever hit our world. This is not the only outbreak to ever hit our country. There's always been outbreaks in our world. Yeah, well... We have HIV, AIDS. Yeah, it was a scary thing when it first hit the ground, but now they give you medicine that keep you alive for longer, and you outlive people who are healthier even than today. AIDS. What about SARS? Y'all remember it? They come and they go. What about the Zika virus? That one that was transmitted by the bite of the mosquito. What about TB? tuberculosis, influenza A, H7N9. What about the H1N1? What about Ebola virus? What about the bird flu? What about the swine flu? What about the Spanish flu of 1918? What about malaria? What about smallpox? Now we have COVID-19. I stopped by to tell you today that just because we are facing a great virus in our land, I want you to know that God is still in control. And everywhere we turn, everybody is running and ducking and everybody is running to get toilet paper. When everybody should be running to church and asking somebody, how can I receive salvation? I said it on yesterday at the funeral of Miss Darty T. James. Some kind of way, might not be by this virus, but something is going to take you out. I know, I know you don't want to leave, but, but something is going to take us out. It might be COVID-19, uh, but it's not about us dying, but it's all about how we are going uh, to die. But I just want to talk to us just for a, for a few minutes today because you got even some Christians who are acting like the world. You know, I want you to know something that whenever, whenever, whenever we have great challenges in our lives, especially as the child of God, I want you to know uh, on today our faith, your faith ought not to weaken. Your faith ought not be lost. Your faith ought to what? Increase. That's when your faith is what? Activated uh, when our faith uh, is pushed against the wall, uh, you don't really know what kind of faith you have uh, until your life and your faith is pushed against the wall. Everybody believes in God just as long as you got good health, 
Everybody believes in God just as long as we don't have a COVID-19. But as soon as challenges and difficulties comes in our lives, then the God that we serve all of these years, we just throw him out of the window. I want you to know something. The coronavirus is real. You can mess around and play around with it all you want. That's fine. You'll mess around and check out of this world. The coronavirus is real. But God is also real. You ought to take both of them seriously, y'all. But what about this thing here? Young man, the Bible says that when he got up early in the morning, he got up, and the Bible says when he stepped out of the house of Elisha, the Bible says he stepped into an area surrounded with horses, surrounded with chariots. They surrounded the entire city. This thing is surrounded our entire world. This thing is all around us. But when the young man walked outside, the only thing he can see what was visible to the naked eye. But he could not see that which was invisible. When we walk out into our world and we hear about what's happening not only in our nation but across this world, when we watch television and we listen to the radio and when you look on your phone and when you look and see what's happening across our world, it's enough to make you lose your mind. But you got to get a grip on life. You, you, you got to get a grip on life. And the young man walked outside and he stepped outside and fear took that young man's heart. He says, alas, master, he says, what are we going to do? The only thing he could see, y'all, was what was before his eyes. But when you're a child of God, the Bible says, we walk by faith and not by sight. My Bible tells me, fear him who can destroy. <laughs> Don't fear man who can destroy the body, but fear God who can destroy both body and soul. Or you can put it this way. Don't fear the coronavirus that can destroy only your body, but fear God who can destroy both body and soul. Greater is he who is with us than him who is in the world. I heard Brother Steph this morning talking about Romans 8, 28. I want you to know that Bible tells us all things, all things, even the coronavirus, all things work together for good to them that love him and called according to his purpose. Now, don't ask me how God going to work this thing out. I can't give you that answer, but all I know is the Bible says that God will take the good and the bad. Somehow, it's going to work out for our eternal good. Then the Bible, the Bible tells us that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate us 
from the love. And I like that verse. It goes around verse 8 or maybe something around verse 30 something. And I like what he talks about in there. He says, nothing shall separate us from the love of God. And he used a word there. He says, neither famine. I don't care what happened. Nothing should separate us from the love of God. I don't care what takes place in life. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And so it is wise for us to understand uh, that God is in control. But you know, we'll forget that sometimes. Boy, we start watching that television and they'll tell us X amount of folk got infected and X amount of folk died. Then you watch it over here and then you say, oh, you know, it's over. And then you look over here. I was in Metairie last week. All right, early on uh, last week, yeah, and where the stuff was. I was down there for a conference, and I'm like, oh, man, I, I was driving there, and my mama said, don't you know uh, there's uh, the first case? I didn't know. You know, I was riding, and she said, yeah, she said, yeah. She said uh, my sister told me, uh, my daughter told me, uh, Noki, we called her, said, Noki told me that uh, we got our first case in Louisiana. I said, huh? I said, all right. I said, uh, I'll tell you in just a minute where it was, and I, I couldn't pull it up fast enough, and, uh, and sure enough, it was in Jefferson Parish and, and Orleans Parish. I start listing a what is all them cities in Orleans and, 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 and sure enough. And then while I was going there, then they talk about the next day. It jumped from one to three and from three to this. And listen, there are, there are, there are some things on the streets that is worse than coronavirus. No, 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 I'm serious. There, there are some things that are worse than coronavirus, right? Sin is worse than coronavirus. Matter of fact, it is because of sin virus that you have coronavirus. If you never had the sin virus that affects all mankind, we would never have all of these other viruses that exist. And so if corona don't take you out, something else <laughs> will. Well, not only sin is is worse than corona, but Satan is worse than corona. Being separated from God is worse than corona. Well, then the young man steps out of his house, right? And he says what? He says, Master, what are we going to do? Because the only thing he can see, y'all, was the things right before him. Remind yourself that it surrounded Dothan, the city. There was no escaping. You couldn't get out. I don't care where you tried to go. And I heard about the rich. The rich, you know, they're thinking about going to this place that a whole 70 people and, you know, they can live down there for a number of years. Let me tell you something. They, they, you can run, but you can't hide. Amen, somebody. This thing is affecting not only uh, celebrities and, and athletes. And, all, and I like what God, I like what God has permitted. I, I like what God has permitted. God is taking away or permitting to take away those things that we put before him. What is one of the things we put before God? Sports. Y'all ain't got to say amen is right anyhow. Sports is a God in our country. It is a God in our country. People will sacrifice God. People will put God on the back burner for sports. 
And I'm not against sports. I love sports. I play sports. Some of you are playing sports now. Sports is good. It's great entertainment. We love it. It is a great thing, a boost to our country. But God has permitted for us to even lose our sport. I was listening to Dana White last night. Dana White is the owner of UFC, the MMA fighting. Guy was on the telephone with Dana last night, and he was talking to Dana White, and he says, what about the guys in Brazil? And they had a fight last night in Brazil, and they were, the Americans were there fighting uh, in Brazil. And, and Dana said, well, they, they got flights, you know, they'll, they'll be able to come back. He said, well, what about this big fight that's coming uh, next month? Dana said, we're working on it right now. He said, what about the fight that is supposed to happen in New York? He said, well, we're looking at two venues right now. Dana says, we're going to fight on. He says, I've been doing this thing for 20 years. He said, we're going to fight on. I, I, listen. I want you to know that I'm not telling you that God is the reason why this thing is. But I am telling you that God sure enough could stop it if he wanted to. And God will permit certain things to happen. God will allow certain things to happen. So that we, I'm talking about God's people. I'm not talking about the world. I'm talking about God's people. If God's people would get straight then it will help straighten out all the rest of the thing. And I want you to know, you check history in time. Just because you bring about viruses and all of these different things that comes plagues and famines in the world, that don't help change people's lives, y'all. Amen, somebody. That's not going to change the world. The world will curse God before they come to God. That's for us. So we can change because some of us are living just like the world. Amen, somebody. So you ought to say thank you, Jesus, for this thing here that'll help me get my mind right. Right? Well, watch this here. He comes out. Let me give you these three points, and then we'll meet, and then you'll be gone on your way. Point number one, don't panic. Hello, somebody. Don't, don't, don't. This is a child of, you shouldn't panic. Notice, brother Steph, when the young man steps outside, he begins to panic. That's why the Bible says, alas. He says, alas. Master, what shall, what shall we do? But all he saw was horses and chariots. He began to panic. But when he brought the word to Elisha, Elisha didn't even come out of the house. He didn't even come out to check to see what the man saw. Because when you are with God, you can see what others can't see. And Elijah didn't have to come outside to see. He already knew them folk were out there. The only thing Elijah was focusing on is God's army that surrounded that army. And he wanted his young servant to see what he saw. Anybody been to Costco? Sam's? Huh? Come on, don't act like y'all wasn't in that line. I know you were up in there. You were person 275. I thought I saw some of y'all down there. Sister Brock, don't, don't panic, not, 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 not church. Listen, that's not to say that you shouldn't go to Costco. Hello, somebody. If they start shutting down stores, you would have wished you went to Costco. Amen, somebody. And, and so you have to be wise, y'all. We still got to be wise. I know we're God's people, but you still have to use wisdom. Listen, you might not go to Costco. You might not go to Sam's. You might not go to Walmart. You might not go to Summit, but you better go somewhere. You better get you something. You know, 
talking to some people. And they were saying, you know, it ain't no toilet tissue. What will make people get all the toilet tissue? I mean, yo, that's some other stuff you ought to buy first. And listen, if they run out of toilet tissue, then go over to McDonald's and get as much napkins as you need. Amen, somebody. You worried about toilet paper. Man, that's some other stuff you ought to be worried about. Don't panic, y'all. Don't panic. God is in control. But pray. And I like what Elijah did. He, and, and I know we say prayer is overrated. No, 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 no. This, this one here. This one here. And Elijah talked to the Lord. You know what he did? He said, the Lord opened up his eyes that he might see. And the Bible says when the young man came back and looked again, the Bible says that what? That he saw. Give me verse number 17. The Bible says that, and Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may what? See. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. Notice how the Lord responded to the prayer of Elisha. And he saw, and behold, the mountain. Do you see that? The mountain was what? Full of horses, chariots, fire, roundabout who? Round who? <laughs> Elisha. Now, they were all up in the mountains, y'all. Watch this here. Remind yourself that the Syrian army was what? All around Dothan. They were all around Elisha's house. But God's army was not only around Elisha's house, not only around the city of Dothan, but they were all in the mountain. That means that God surrounded the enemy. But the enemy couldn't see him. Listen, God has surrounded you and I. We quoted the scripture. We quote the scripture, Romans 8, 28. But I want you to know that just because you quote it, don't make it true for you. You have to love the Lord and you have to be called according to his purpose. All things are going to work out for our good. But church, don't panic. Don't panic. But we ought to pray. Don't tell nobody. It's praying time. And, and really, this shouldn't be nothing new to you. Prayer. You should have been praying. Huh? Now you should be, now you should be changing subjects. Huh? Now you're changing subjects. You're praying for, for the lives of people. You're praying for countries. You're praying for, for the health workers. You're praying for hospitals. You're praying for presidents and prime ministers. You're praying for churches. You're praying for the nation. You're praying for the world. Our subject change, but we ain't never stopped praying. I hope you haven't. And if you have, you better turn it on. Pray not only for yourself, but pray for, for others. Elijah didn't pray for himself. He prayed for, for others because the young man needed to see. Point number two. Don't fear. Be faithful. Bible says in Revelation chapter 2, verse number 10, you're going to suffer for 10 days. He says you're going to be troubled, but be faithful all the way into what? Into death. And I will forgive you a crown of righteousness. Well, listen, we got to be faithful, y'all, all the way. I'm not saying we're going to die. I'm just telling you what John wrote. Be faithful what? All the way into death, Revelation 2.10. If it comes to that point, 
Our job is don't lose faith. Don't lose hope. We tie ourselves up with the temporal. We tie ourselves up with things down here. We tie ourselves up with the materialistic things of life. And I want you to know that we should not lay our treasures down here, but we ought to lay them up there What nothing could ever tamper with what we have upstairs with God in glory. Church, don't, don't fear. And, and let me just say this. It's easy to start fear. Now, you can, you, you can say what you want. When folks start dropping dead and, and all this kind of stuff, you, you know, we're human beings. But you got to get yourself together and say, look here, God, God is in control. I told him yesterday in Ecclesiastes 9.1, God is in control of the lives of the righteous. God, God control our lives. We can't see what next week will bring. We can't see what next month will bring. We can't see what six months will bring. You know, they, they're telling us, well, the kids are going to go return to school April the 13th. They don't really know. This thing might run all the way into the summer. And if it runs all the way into the summer, our job is still don't fear but be faithful. Whatever comes our way, our job as a child of God is to be faithful to God no matter what. Don't lose faith, y'all. Don't lose faith. You know, one of the amazing things about it is, y'all know the story of Job. Y'all know the story with the devil. Y'all know the story of Satan. Y'all know the story in Genesis chapter 3. You know, God will allow the devil to do certain things in this world. He will permit him to do certain things in this world. Y'all remember what happened with Job? The Bible says that the devil struck Job with sore balls from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. Y'all remember that? The, the devil did that, y'all. Y'all find what I'm saying? Now, I ain't even telling y'all this is of the devil. But what I'm telling you is, is this. is God will take all of that to make you and I better. Don't let this make you worse or bitter. Let it make you better. If your faith wasn't strong before, this ought to strengthen your faith now. And you ought to lean on the Lord. You know, you shouldn't fear, but you ought to be faithful. Point number three, open our eyes that we might see. Lord, what's really going on up in here? You know, now, I ain't no scientist. I'd mess you all up about scientists. I'd be, we sure enough would be dead today. But y'all, I'm not talking about, Lord, open up our physical eyes. I'm talking about open up our spiritual eyes. Help us to see, not only in this world, but in the world to come. Help us to see that one day we are going to die. Help us to see that one day we are going to stand in the judgment seat of Jesus the Christ. Help us to see that one day we will spend eternity somewhere. Help us to see our lives and the condition of our lives. Help us to see. But Lord, help, help the world to see. Huh? Help universalism. Help socialism. Help uh, 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 liberalism. Uh, 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 help uh, all of the, the denominationalism. Help, help those individuals. What? See. But y'all, God wants us to see. God wants us to see. God wants us to see that, that I, am, I am God and there should be no other God before me. You know, when we get our 
our lives. Right? I think it's 2 Chronicles 7.14. Is that what it is? 2 Chronicles 7.14. Any Bible scholars, is that right? 2 Chronicles. Give me 2 Chronicles 7.14. And if it's wrong, they, they got it wrong there. 2 Chronicles 7.14. Watch this here and as we close. I want you to see this. If, if, God said this business is conditional. He says, if my people, which are called by what? By my name, shall do what? Humble themselves. Let me tell you something. Coronavirus will humble you. It'll humble you. God, and I'm telling you, it's not about the world. It's more about us. He says that my people, that they shall humble themselves and what? It is. There's some Christians, y'all, who don't pray on a regular basis. God says you need to humble yourself and pray and what? Seek my face and what? Turn, watch this, from your what? What you, I thought these God's people. Yep, they're wicked ways. Then, that's an adverb of time. Then, when? Then, will I what? Hear. Then will I what? Hear from heaven and will forgive their what? That's collectively. And will their the save and the wicked live in the same land. I say the save and the wicked live in the same land. We are not immune <laughs> to viruses, y'all. My kingdom is in the world, but it ain't of the world. But it's still in the world. And everything that the world is susceptible to, you and I are susceptible to as well. If they die of COVID-19, you and I can die unless the Lord protects us. But y'all, it's more about making sure we are right with God. That's what we want to do. We want to be right with the Lord. And I don't know, maybe God is using this. I don't know. Maybe he's using this. Y'all, when, 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 when you can't watch no more, can't go to no more basketball game. Thank God we were able to go to the Pelicans game the other night, huh? Thank God we saw that. That was one of the last games, y'all. Y'all better keep that in mind. We might make history. That was one of the last games. And we were up in the place. You can tell somebody one day when you die, baby, don't come back. Say, man, look here. We were up in the place for the last game. We saw Zion play ball. We saw Zion dunk on that bad head. Huh? All seriousness, y'all. Seriousness. This is more about us getting our lives right with God. This is more about us continuing to teach and preach that gospel. I like when, when bad things happen. What we call bad things. It's opportunity for God to be seen. We can't run and hide, y'all. We, we got to be the church. And I know we got to take precautions. I, I know we got to take protective measures. I, we, we got to do that. But every opportunity we get, we're to let our light shine. I remember in the Catholic Church, we used to sing, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, 
He said, everywhere I go. Y'all not hearing me. It, it makes no difference what happened. Y'all, when you're right with God, you, you're not worried about viruses and bacteria and outbreaks and all of those things. Yes, we want to live longer for our family members, right? We want to be around. We're human beings. We want to hang around. Huh? If I ask you who want to go to heaven right now, if I ask y'all who want to go to heaven, everybody going to raise their hand. But if I say who want to go to heaven right now, some of y'all hands going to go down. You don't want to go to heaven that bad. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If I had the opportunity to go to heaven right now, i see you later, alligator. I am out of here. You hear me? I'm out of here. I think it was Paul in closing. He says to live is Christ, but to die is gain. It's far better to be with God than to be in this old world. And y'all, whatever happens, let it be. Because God is still who he says he is. Jesus is still on the throne. Our prayer should be that the Lord would cease this virus, that the church can continue to stay in existence. Because of the Lord, and I want you to know, don't, don't, don't go, you know, people talk about, well, this is, I heard somebody talk about, well, this is going to be the end of the world. No, nah, this is not how the world going to end, not with a virus. It, it, it ain't going to end with no virus. I, I can be clear with that one. It ain't going to end with no virus. You can be sure of that. Even if it kill X amount of people, they're going to still have some, they're going to have a remnant still left. Amen, somebody. But that's not the way it's going to go out. But it can take a lot of folk, y'all. Told you about that Spanish flu in 1918. That was a bad flu. That was a bad virus. It took out a whole lot of people. That was a black, a black plague that came. It took out a lot of people. I, all I'm telling you is, look, this ain't, this ain't new. But when you and I are living in 2020, it's new to us. And what's new to us and what we don't understand and what they don't tell us. Y'all know they don't tell you everything. Y'all know that, huh? Y'all know they know something that they don't, they don't tell you everything. Amen, somebody. Ah, you know, I try to figure this thing out, you know. But Brown, I, I was like, you know, now how this, now wait a minute now. In China, now what happened? Huh? I want you to check this out. Taiwan. Taiwan is 81 miles. From the nearest point in China. They only have 50 cases. One death. Are you listening to me? They are 81 miles from China. And only 50. And only one death. <laughs> you know what the government of China, uh, Taiwan said? When they first heard about this business. They jumped on the ball. They put things in place. They learned from the SARS outbreak. The government, and you watch them, you can see, they, when their kids are at school, they got these, these boxes and these masks. They protect themselves. Leadership, y'all, makes a big difference. You can be right next door to where it all started and not be affected. 
And then this thing spreads across the world. And it ain't spreading right next door. That's my lesson to you this morning. I so badly wanted to talk about that Holy Spirit, but Lord, Lord's will, hopefully we'll be assembling on next Sunday. We'll talk about him then. If you're not a child of God, come by hearing his word, by believing the same, by repenting of your sins, by confessing that Jesus is the Son of God, and be buried in a liquid tomb of water baptism for the remission of your sins. I tell you, when you're in Christ, you can face just about anything by faith. By faith. By faith. It's not about what we can see. It's about who we believe. And I just believe God for it. I don't know what's going to happen, but I just believe God is in control. And God is in control of the lives of the righteous. And every opportunity we got to let our light shine. It might be a little light, but let it shine. And when you let it shine, you can direct somebody to Jesus Christ. It's not about how we, uh, when we die, but it's all about how we die. You got sin in your life, you need to make some things right on today. I pray God that you do the right thing today. If there was ever a time you ought to get right, the time is right now. Jesus is waiting. As together we stand and together we sing the invitation song, Why Don't You Come? Why Don't You Come? There's a fountain.